You're listening to Civic from the San Francisco Public Press. On this edition, we'll hear from a Lyft driver and organizer about how delivery, ride-hailing, and other gig workers have been hit by the coronavirus pandemic and how they're responding. We need these things today. We need sick pay today. We need every worker to be out there to be able to have access to, to medical assistance. They're out there working and risking their health for you and your family. They deserve hazard pay. They deserve some kind of thing to make it worthwhile for them to say, you know what, I'm going to... I'm going to sack, I'm going to risk my health so you can have your Oreos. I'm Laura Wenis and this is Civic. Carlos Ramos, who drives for Lyft and is also an organizer with Gig Workers Rising, says gig workers, including drivers, should get the full protections and rights of employees under California's AB5. We talked about what protections gig workers are asking for, the process of filing for unemployment, and gig worker strikes. So you're a driver for Lyft. Before the coronavirus reached the Bay Area and we got locked down, what was business like for you and how were you doing? We were actually going through a really interesting time uh, for Lyft drivers and I think the rideshare industry as a whole. Just a little while ago, these companies went public. And so the the rideshare community was kind of in a transition period to where um, the companies are really kind of putting the screws to the drivers. What, what I mean by that is that um, the, the the amount of money you're making, the what you're bringing home was substantially less. And so drivers in general were kind of just trying to figure out a way to cope with that and, you know, different tools and techniques to um, – make it a little bit more profitable and, you know, just dealing with the bureaucracy of uh, the Lyft and Uber. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a whole a whole long conversation to have there, but let's talk about the issue at hand. Now that the Bay Area has been locked down for three weeks, what's happened to your work and your income? Oh, man. You know, when you, as a driver, you're really constantly paying attention to the ebb and flow of how things are, go, how things are going, you know? Um, and so for us, for the, for the rideshare community, we were very aware of the, what was going on and we can kind of had to predict on how our business model would suffer, um, or sustain during, you know, what we were predicting. So, um, me personally, it was very important to realize that early on that I might not be able to be working very soon. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, when they, when, when this, when this pandemic was just some people getting sick in Wuhan, China, it was, uh, the writing started to become clearer and clearer on the wall that, um, a ridership might get affected in some way and B, it might not be healthy for, uh, for you to keep working. And so me personally, uh, the month leading the month of February was just some some mad scramble to just work as many hours as you can start to prepare for what, what the reality actually what we're going through now. Um, slowly and surely though, the rest of the city kind of took heed. The, um, the big, big companies that could work remotely, they began working remotely pretty, pretty uh, immediately before the shelter in place order. And so the ridership plummeted. I mean, like the bottom really fell, fell out from under it. Um, and then when the shelter in place, uh, um, order came down, we, 
we realized that we were essential workers. So the option to keep working was there, but, uh, but it kind of knew, maybe not new, but, um, a more pressing matter was at was at play was, was you know, our health issues. Now we had the option to keep working, but you know, should we work was the question now. Um, and I personally, I, uh, I, I'd stop working. I haven't been driving the last uh, two and a half weeks, I think. So what are you doing? I mean, how are you going to be able to get through the coming months if you have no more work? Um, you know, uh, that's a great question. Um, I, uh, things are becoming a little more clearer and clearer now. Um, there has definitely been uh, – the federal government has really stepped in and uh, laid out clear – concise guidelines for um, for the stimulus package when it uh, applies to gig workers. We are now included in the uh, ability to collect unemployment benefits, uh, which is awesome. The, and, you know, we we're all going to get that stimulus check. But, uh, you know, initially the decision was made prior to uh, to stop working was made before any of that stuff had happened. And I think it's just really just prioritizing. Like, I don't know exactly. <laughs> I don't know what what I'm going to do, but I know that I prioritize uh, my health and my family's health um, above late payments, and that's what that's what it comes down to, I think. Yeah, and aside from yourself, I mean, you are an organizer. Can you tell me a little bit about what you've heard from other drivers and maybe other gig workers too about what they're doing, how they're coping with essentially the shutdown of the economy in the Bay Area? Yeah, it's it's pretty much you know like one of the, definitely the scariest times for drivers right now. I mean, I I, I am an organizer, and, and although I'm not driving, I have spoken to many drivers that uh, that are still driving. Wow. And and it's it's you know it's a scary thing. I mean, like we're looking at a workforce that has no availability to any kind of uh, medical or medical or Medicaid. Um, and uh, and they and they haven't, and so they're they're still driving out there. I mean, like the wor- workers right now have really been taken care of for the most part. You know, there's there's I mean, like now us too. But the situation that we're in right now with these with these companies that have for so long not not paid their fair share, um, they and have really been taking from the drivers. Uh, they've put these drivers in a situation where they cannot, they, they haven't been able to afford any savings. They haven't had a rainy day fund. And when a pandemic comes and you have to choose between not paying uh, a certain bill and your health, you know, the only option for them is to keep driving. Um, The companies really haven't made any kind of effort into providing any personal protective gear and, We've we've received several emails about best practices, um, but uh, I always feel like the I always feel like those companies could do a lot more for drivers in this situation. Yeah, can you say a little bit more about that? What communication have you gotten from these companies, you and other drivers, in terms of what best practices might be when everybody's supposed to shelter in place, and what what is it that you're asking for? The the companies really haven't put out anything more than what you hear on the television, wash your hands, um, keep your, keep your area clean, wear a mask. It's very interesting though, because I mean, like there's obviously a problem and these, these companies obviously see that it's a problem. 
Um, and it, it's just not enough. <laughs> if they were, if these companies are expected to be responsible stewards of this transportation industry, we, as public, we we have bestowed upon them, uh, you know, the, the the rights and the responsibilities to to be to be the answer to a lot of response uh, transportation. We have to also hold these people accountable, and it's not something. It's not some some abstract concept to where. We we can we can conceptualize the safety percentages. This is something that's very immediate. This is something that's very uh, obvious, um, and uh, you know we have to hold these companies to a certain level of accountability. Um, what we're, what 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 drivers not only here in the Bay Area but also uh, nationally and internationally, we're all asking for. The same things. I mean, like, and it's sad that it's so, it's it's so rampant. Uh, we need the ability to have sick pay if we were to get sick. I mean, like, this is an you know, this is an obvious thing. Not only during a pandemic, but obviously in a pandemic, you know, sick pay saves lives. That's what it comes down to, and not only us as a driver, but also for the public. We have to have ability to. Um, uh, be involved in any of these uh, stimulus pro uh, any of these stimulus uh, programs or packages. The gig workers have to be acknowledged that you know, and it's it's so hypocritical too because we ha we're li we have a city that says that rideshare drivers and delivery drivers they're essential. Yet, yet they're not looked at as essential uh, when it comes down to. Um, allocating benefits or relief and um, and so as organizers it's our job to um, inform not only drivers but the but the people at large that that there is uh, cracks and we have to you know it's our responsibility to fill them yeah and and what about drivers who are still driving I mean first of all my my immediate question is where are the passengers are there any passengers and then the second is what are they doing in the absence of ppe being supplied by their employers or not actual employers but by the companies that they are working gigs for uh how are they what are they doing to try and keep themselves and and their customers safe you know as drivers we're always used to, we, we've we've always been used to providing for ourselves, you know, so drivers, you know, God bless them. Um, they're taking, they understand the situation at hand. I mean, it's everyone understands the situation at hand by now and drivers are taking, you know, as much precaution as they possibly can. They're wiping their stuff down. Drivers are wearing masks. Um, just, I mean, like we don't, we're not medical professionals. <laughs> we don't know exactly. Right. I'm not an epidemiologist. I have no idea. Other than what I've seen on that movie Contagion, and um, <laughs> other than that, I don't know how viruses work that well. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, Lysol sounds like a good idea. Uh, rubbing, you know, scrubbing your car down, things like that. Take doing what you can is the best. You know, is the only thing you can do. Right. Um, and as as in terms of ridership, it's, this has been an issue prior to th this pandemic. Lyft and Uber have often been looked at um, in in as a transportation op um, option when it comes to a med a medical emergencies. 
we're we've been we've been used in lieu of ambulances many many times we've you name it and this Yikes. is something that yeah this is something we brought up to the companies prior to this that we are not medical professionals we do not have medical training we do not you know what i mean like we we're not we don't work in the capacity to to do this job and mm -hmm. and it, you know it hasn't really been an issue before um but it's definitely an issue now, and it's something that should be looked at, so that should be addressed. Um, but yes, people, when they need to go somewhere, they're going to call Lyft and Uber still. And even though they're not going many places, one place, is they, one place they definitely are going is to the hospital. Or they're going to oh, be God. receiving um, any kind of something to somebody that has the virus that can't leave their home. Um, so that has been, um, that has been brought up. Um, that's been an issue. I've heard of drivers having to do to drop food off or delivery drivers having to drop food off. And the note is make sure you practice social distancing. My mother has Corona or has COVID-18, COVID-19. Wow. And it just, and it's like, that's one really nice guy that gave you the heads up, you know? I mean, can you say no when you get a, a ride hail request from somebody who is obviously getting dropped off at a hospital? I don't know. I mean, like you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to uh, discriminate against pickups. I mean, they're very, very. They've mm -hmm. actually stressed that recently. They said, you know, you can't discriminate on locations, and so I would say, if you want to stay in the good graces of the company, you probably want to take all your rides and drop them off wherever they need to go. Hmm. I'm seeing a lot of posts on social media and in email groups that I'm part of from people who are freelancers or gig workers who are not working and who are totally stumped when it comes to trying to file for unemployment. And Gig Workers Rising has been working to get information out about how to do that. So I'm hoping you could give some advice now about getting assistance from the state as a gig worker. Yeah, it's it's a completely new situation for uh, independent contractors in the state of California. Um, so it's new for us, and it's also new for uh, EDD. Uh, it's going to be a new process, but we've been working at Gig Workers Rising. We've been working with a great group of people and people that have specialized in unemployment law, and um, we've developed a resource packet. It's um, pretty comprehensive. I've, I used it myself. Um, it answers a lot of questions um, and. Uh, it's available to anybody who might be filling out an unemployment insurance claim. Um, it's uh, available to everyone, and I, you know, we also do take if you have questions, specific questions, you can um, go to our uh, Gig Workers Rising community page on Facebook, and um, it's definitely a hot topic this week. If someone's listening on the radio, what's a good place for them to look for this resource from Gig Workers Rising? Uh, yeah, so if you want to get this uh, resource packet or resource page, uh, you can find it on our website, uh, which is gigworkersrising.org. And if you go to the homepage, there's a button on top that says Get Informed, and it says COVID-19 Resources. So if you scroll down and click on that, um, you get you get all the good stuff. Everything we got is yours. And can you say a little bit about what the process is like for filing for unemployment? Is this something where you have to submit a bunch of documentation? Is it something where you're waiting, where you're facing long wait times? What's it been like so far for people who have applied? I've heard everything. Um, I've heard uh, it's uh, they can't get hold of them on the phone, and there are certain times of the day they can only apply online, which was strange. 
Um, those things are definitely true. Um, I don't know the whole process. I only applied last week, so I'm still waiting. You know, it's uh, there are some tricky questions I think people can get tripped up on, but um, the resource packet shell shows like the addresses and the uh, taxpayer ID number. I think was the was a was a hangout. It can be a little challenging, but uh, you know, patience. <laughs> Patience is key. So, yeah, and I'm also seeing, you know, posts from folks who are Uber or Lyft drivers and who have applied to the EDD, and they have been approved for a payment of zero dollars. Okay, yeah. So I, that's the that's the only ones I've seen too. I haven't seen anybody get get um, get awarded the thing, but also uh, we probably wouldn't just because the timeline. Um, uh, although. The state of California did pass a resolution, uh, AB5, um, last year uh, classifying all drivers as employees. The companies right. have chosen not to uh, recognize that, and so we have not been um, afforded unemployment insurance and uh, before, prior to this, um, prior to actually last week. So um, the, the forms, the... The claims that I had been processed prior to the beginning of this week, um, understandably, could come back uh, with no award or not accepted. Or and what are you recommending that people do if they get that result? Uh, there's an appeal process. There's a and it, and that's also in the resource page. What to do if you are denied uh, unemployment insurance? Um, there's an appeal process, and I feel as though if the if if claims were denied, now I'm not in. Now, I'm not an employment lawyer, but yes. I feel as though if claims were denied prior to the federal um, changing of the standards to include gig workers specifically, they will not be denied this week. We'll get back to this conversation with Carlos Ramos, a Lyft driver and organizer with Gig Workers Rising in just a moment. You've been listening to Civic from the San Francisco Public Press. KSFP and the San Francisco Public Press are supported by listeners like you. Learn more about our membership program and join the public press at sfpublicpress.org donate. You can make a donation online or send a check to the San Francisco Public Press, 44 Page Street, Suite 504, San Francisco, California, 94102. Thank you, and thanks to the thousands of donors who have made our work possible for 10 years. This is KSFP-LP, San Francisco 102.5 FM. My name is Carlos Ramos. I am a Lyft driver. I've been driving Lyft for the last three years. Um, I'm also a rideshare driver organizer, and I've been organizing for the past year and a half with uh, Gig Workers Rising. I'd like to talk about some of the organizing that's been developing around the country, um, just as much as in the Bay Area. On Monday, Instacart workers went on strike, and I believe on Tuesday they were joined by Whole Foods workers. I'm 
hoping you could talk a little bit about what efforts to develop solidarity among a variety of gig workers you are working on. Um, and if you can share your thoughts on the strike. Man, my hat's off to them. I mean, truly, I mean, like they've taken this, they've taken this, they've taken this situation and turned it into an opportunity for their organizing. So I completely stand in solidarity with those Instacart workers and Whole Food workers and and any other worker right now that feels as though they're being taken advantage of. Their workplace is not putting the proper restrictions and protections to keep them safe and putting their profit before their health. And, and, and companies now, I mean, like we're seeing that all over the place. We're seeing that in every industry. I mean, like these, these companies that are just staying open are not protecting their employees for, for the benefit of, you know, a bottom line or neglect or X, Y, Z. And it's important for, you know, it's important for workers to, you know, make a difference, stand together take this time and address this issue for your own health, if nothing else, for the public's health as well. Um, so absolutely, I mean, like, I can't say enough good things about those guys, and I support them 100%. Um, uh, nationally, we have been having a lot of conversations about where the gig economy stands and what is being, um, what is being neglected. And uh, – uh, the international driving community has had a lot of meetings and we've talked about a lot of different things and we've talked to a lot of different um, organizations all throughout the United States, Working Washington and um, a pay up campaign and the, the people's advocacy, just kind of like just sharing each other's uh, stories and sharing each other, like sharing the situations that's going on within their own uh, community. And there has just, you know, there have been systemic problems throughout this industry that I think speak to a larger, you know, a lot, kind of a, a larger disparity in workers in America. And, and it's for some reason, when there's not a pandemic around, people feel like it's okay to work without healthcare. They think it's okay to work without sick pay. It's okay to work without death benefits. It's okay to work without unemployment insurance. And 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 I think it's and I think it's because you don't you don't need those things all the time, and when you don't need them, it's easy to say you don't you don't need them, and you don't need them until you do need them, and so we're seeing that you know black and white every day now in the, in the workforce, and um, and so we're looking for I mean like we need these things we need a and that's the truth in America but we need these things today we need sick pay today we need every worker to be out there to be able to have access to to medical assistance they are essential workers not only do they deserve that living wage that and if they're out there working and risking their health for you and your family they deserve housing pay they deserve some kind of thing to make it worthwhile for them to say you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna sack. I'm gonna risk my health so you can have your Oreos, and so th those are the things we're looking for today. We need healthcare. We need sick pay. We need, and we need, uh, we need some sort of hazard pay. We've seen strikes already demanding those protections. I'm wondering if there 
is any chance of a driver's strike and how that would even work given that demand seems to have almost completely evaporated. What are some, I guess, strategies that you're hoping to employ to get the get your demands met? Well, I, I touched on this a little earlier. Um, California did pass a sweeping uh, labor reform in AB5, Assembly Bill 5, Right. Uh, the the reclassification of workers, um, really, I mean, like that one piece of legislation would solve all these problems. And you know, it's so funny because we, if if these companies had put their drivers before their profit, or when they started putting the public before their their bottom line, we would be having a completely different conversation. We probably wouldn't be having this conversation at all. Because we'd be talking about how forward-thinking our our legislators were to pass this sweeping labor reform that made sure that all these workers were protected. They, they were protected. You know, they had all these things that they need to feel secure when they work. But that's not what happened. <laughs> what happened was these multi-billion-dollar companies decided there are going to be there's going to be some laws they want to follow, and there's going to be some laws that they don't want to follow, and the re- and the rest of the world is just going to go with it. Um, so uh, right now we're really focusing on, re- on rectifying that error. We're really focusing on just trying to enforce the things that we've already got. Yeah. And in fact, so in San Francisco, local legislators introduced a resolution that would condemn these app-based employers for uh, finding themselves exempt from AB5. But I'm curious if there is other legislative recourse or if there's some way the state needs to step in in order for that to actually have teeth. Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a great point. And uh, that was something that was kind of added in towards the end before it did get passed in AB5. The, the resolution all, um, actually gives the authority to the city attorneys to file suit against these companies for noncompliance. And so... And so there is a mechanism in place. It doesn't even have to go all the way to the governor because mm. the governor already governor already signed it. Um, so uh, it would, you know, it might be a good idea to start putting pressure onto these city attorneys to start helping us out here a little bit. <laughs> what are you asking for from the public, from consumers? What yeah. should we keep in mind if we need to hail a ride or we need to get something delivered? Yeah. Um, well, you know, prior to the pandemic, uh, our, the answer to that is always a tipping cash. <laughs> it's still true, if you can. The public and the drivers, they have a, a really special relationship. You know, driver, the, the riders in public, I mean, they see drivers all the time. They're, they, you know, they have this. For the most part, I think people in general want to do good by their drivers. You know, um, th- th- we do get asked a lot, like, "What can we do to, you know, to help you out? I mean, what, what, where should we stand on this position?" And and oftentimes it's hard to really it's hard, hard to really articulate exactly what you what we we'd like for passengers to do. But I think now it's pretty obvious what has to be done. Um, the public really has to stand with drivers and understand that their struggle is is our struggle also. And in that case, you know, if they can, you know, reach out to a representative or, you know, you know, 
add to Governor Newsom on Twitter or something, you know, to say, you know, that ask them to enforce AB5. Really, that's really what we need right now. That's that is the master lock to all these doors. Great. Well, Carlos, thank you so much for taking the time. Great. Thank you so much. That was Carlos Ramos, a Lyft driver and an organizer with Gig Workers Rising. I reached out to Lyft to get their response to some of what Carlos said, including his points about AB5. Here's the statement they said. Quote, Forcing drivers to become W-2 employees, which they have repeatedly said they do not want, will fail to extend new benefits to workers and instead lead to the widespread elimination of work for hundreds of thousands of Californians and potentially jeopardize these essential services at a time when millions are counting on them. Once this crisis passes, the ballot measure supported by tens of thousands of drivers, law enforcement, and civil rights organizations contains historic new protections and benefits for drivers that don't exist today to help with health coverage expenses and to ensure against illnesses and injuries incurred while driving, including contracting a virus while driving on the platform, end quote. And that was the statement that Lyft sent to me earlier today. I'm Laura Wenis, and you've been listening to Civic. Civic is a production of the San Francisco Public Press, a nonprofit investigative news organization, sfpublicpress.org. Host and reporter, Laura Wenis. Producer and contributor, Mel Baker. Thanks for listening.